and welcome to today's episode of the Pipeline ACC Podcast. I am Dan Siegel from ACC Content. I'm joined as always by Jason Gibbs. Jason, bracket is out. How are we feeling? It's the most wonderful time of the year. How long have we waited for this, Dan? It's been, I guess, two years, and it just feels like even longer than that. Everybody's excited. Everybody has hope. Let's get to it. As soon as it started, or even when it was about to start, when we had that Big Ten championship game, and it just took so long to end. But I finally had that <laughs> feeling, that combination of excitement, nervousness, whatever. That's just such a unique feeling to March Madness, and I finally have had it. So, yeah, let's get rolling. Seven teams in in the ACC. The six we expected. Add Syracuse, subtract Louisville. Louisville will be the first team out. They will be their replacement due to COVID. So, Jason, do you think that Louisville should have been in over Syracuse? Do you think they made the right decision to have Syracuse in instead? And, yeah, do you think Louisville was perhaps snubbed? Well, Dan, you know, we talked about it on our last award-winning broadcast. Um, we figured we, we were going to be unhappy with six okay with seven ecstatic with eight and we got right there in the middle seven I really think it comes down to so Louisville lost so many games to COVID and I know that's kind of not fair but they just didn't play the games they only played 20 games total and to lose that many you lost a chance at adding some quality wins so I think that they stumbled a little bit down the stretch. Syracuse strung together some wins. They both were kind of right there on the hairy edge. Um, if Louisville had beaten Duke in the ACC tournament, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. That's true. I'm, I don't feel like Louisville is a snub. I feel like they should have gotten in, but I'm not extremely you know, angry that they didn't. I'm glad Syracuse was able to get in, but let's get to our first round matchups. Virginia will play Ohio. North Carolina will play Wisconsin. So Virginia, Ohio is the 413. North Carolina, Wisconsin was is an 8-9. We got a 10-7 in Virginia Tech and Florida. We got an 11-6 with Syracuse, San Diego State. We have a 9-8 with Georgia Tech and Loyola, Chicago. We have a 7-10 with Clemson and Rutgers. And we have Florida State, also another 413 with UNC Greensboro. So, Jason, who do you think got the best draw of all the ACC teams I just mentioned? Well, for me, Dan, it's, it's got to be Florida State, right? So, yeah, they probably wish they would have won, won the ACC tournament and maybe gotten bumped up to that three line, which, speaking of, Little factoid of the day. Factoid of the day. This is the first year in NCAA tournament history that an ACC team has not been a top three seed. So kind of unfortunate. Obviously, COVID's playing a factor with Virginia getting knocked out of the ACC tournament. If they win the whole thing, beating Florida State, maybe they get bumped up to the three line. But regardless, I think Florida State's draw – uh, lines up pretty well with them, especially you're looking at Georgetown having a good shot at knocking out Colorado. So Florida State could be playing a 12 seed in the second round. 
And their one seed in in their uh, in their bracket is Michigan, and Livers is out indefinitely. How are they? How is Michigan going to respond without him? So Florida State could make a run to the Elite Eight, maybe with some magic, a run to the Final Four. But that, that, there's a lot of work to be done in between now and then. I agree with your Florida State pick. I think they got a pretty good draw with UNC Greensboro. First off, I was afraid they'd be that notorious five seed, so I'm happy that they're a four. And I don't think that of the 13 seeds, UNC Greensboro glares out at me. There is a potential issue, though. UNC Greensboro thrives off of forcing turnovers, and Florida State was not exactly good with that last night. But I think Florida State should, with their athleticism, their length, the ways that they usually win, they should be able to take care of UNC Greensboro. But how about um, Virginia Tech? I think they got a pretty good draw too. Florida is a very beatable team. And I think the Hokies could pose defensive problems. However, they are slated to play Ohio state in the second round. So how are you feeling if you're a Hokie fan? If I'm a Hokie fan, I feel good at least in the first round matchup. They are a, I think a one point dog. So it's kind of a, almost a coin flip scenario. Ohio state in the second round is going to be a tough out because they just are, you know, They've played in such a tough conference. They're battle-tested. They've had some big wins. They've beaten Illinois this year. They've played Michigan tough. It's just that's going to be a tough out. If you could somehow miraculously get to the Sweet 16, you, you'd you be on cloud nine if you're a Hokie fan. What about the toughest draw? I think North Carolina was done dirty with Wisconsin. Wisconsin is one of those teams – those Big Ten teams that's just criminally underseeded. I think they are a very talented team that can make a run as a nine. And UNC, they might pose a threat. They might win this game, especially with what they could do on the offensive glass and take care of uh, Wisconsin there. But even so, their second-round matchup would be with Baylor. So I think North Carolina was done dirty the most. But what about you? Yeah, if you're a Tar Heel fan, you – would have we're hoping maybe for a seventh seed so you can avoid one of the top seeds in the second round didn't work out that way you know you got to wonder if that Marquette game comes back to bite them come back to haunt them and without it maybe they would have bumped up to seven hard to say but how about no love for the ACC champion Georgia Tech right ninth seed first of all then they go against Loyola who I think Ken Palm has as their ninth best team in the country so just a, a brutal first round matchup. If you somehow get past that, you got Illinois in the crosshairs and Illinois, you know, obviously one of the top two teams in the country. So just really uh, no love for what the fighting visors have been done, have done over the past few weeks. So Georgia tech tough draw. I think that was the only team that I was upset about them in the ACC being underseeded as a nine. I thought they should have been a six or a seven. It's not a good look for our champion to be a nine seed. It makes us look like a mid-major conference, but we we did have two four seeds, so still we're not that bad. But second off about Loyola Chicago, you said they're ranked ninth in Ken Palm. They're a very Virginia-esque team in that they play at a very slow pace, and this year they're the second-ranked defensive team in the country. They shoot at a very efficient rate. This was a value team for me that 
I'm just very devastated that they have to play Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech was obviously another value team for me. So very disappointed that it worked out that Loyola Chicago will have to play Georgia Tech. But moving on to our other games, we have Virginia playing Ohio. At first, I thought they were going to be very shorthanded. It seems like they won't be missing that many players, maybe just a couple. Um, I thought Ohio is a tough draw as a 13 seed. They're a very good offensive team. They can score in the interior. They have Jason Preston, who is a superstar. Look up his name on the internet. He's a great story. They did not put up huge numbers in the MAC, but they are certainly a scary team. Plus, Virginia would be lined up with a potential Sweet 16 matchup against Gonzaga. But first, they have to get past Ohio. So the line indicates that obviously they won't be as shorthanded as we think. They are 10 and a half point favorites, at least to open. But what are you thinking if you're a Who's fan? Well, you know, when we first saw the matchup, there really had Tony Bennett hadn't had his press conference yet. We hadn't really heard anything. And it just seemed kind of like a doomsday scenario for Who's fans because. As you mentioned, Ohio's very solid. And if Virginia was going to be shorthanded, we talked about it last pod, trying to play that pack line defense with some backup guys or some maybe if they were going to have to use walk-ons. We, we just weren't sure how shorthanded they were going to be. Then the Vegas line came out, opened up at 10 and a half. I mean, it's been steamed down to nine at this point. But that was my first indication to say, oh, okay, then obviously things are going to be – you know, pretty status quo. Uh, they should get by Ohio, especially if they if they have their their big guns. Uh, but it's kind of like a bullet dodged a bit. It is. I think that Virginia is much more. Even though they have to play Ohio, they should feel much better just given all the news that has come out that they will actually put together a competent team on the court. At least it seems that way. Nothing is certain, especially with COVID, but. What about Syracuse? Um, that's the last team I think that we haven't mentioned. They're playing San Diego State. That's a difficult draw. I think San Diego State's one of the better teams in the country, but you can't really complain if you're an Orange fan, right? Because you just be happy to be in. Yeah, re really. I mean, anything, any victories from here on out for Syracuse are bonus. Now, maybe Buddy Beheim can get hot. We've seen Syracuse guards do that in the past and carry them to a couple victories beating San Diego state would be kind of a, a season maker considering week or two ago, we would have Syracuse was on the outside of the bubble looking in. Now they're in get a tough matchup with the Aztecs and would probably face West Virginia in the second round. So anything would be a bonus, but just, Hey, if you're an orange fan, just be happy that they're there, that they made it. For sure. You can't really complain. Like I said, and the last thing I, I um, the last game, I'm sorry, I forgot about this one, but Clemson and Rutgers. So I'm very, you know, I'm very fond of the Big Ten. I think they have a very good conference this year, and pretty much any team you're going to play from that conference is going to be a threat. Rutgers is kind of the exception for me. I think Clemson got a good draw here. Now, Houston is a difficult second-round matchup, but do you think that Clemson – could make it to a sweet 16? I don't think it's totally out of the question. Um, they're going, I think, are they 
They're a one-point favorite or one-point dog against Rutgers. I can't remember. They are a one-point dog. Yeah. So there'll be there'll be dogs in both games if they happen to get past Rutgers. Obviously, they'd be a dog against Houston. And, uh, you know, Houston can play at that kind of frenetic pace sometimes, put up a lot of points. You know, Clemson had some uh, COVID breakage in the year, kind of threw off the rhythm, put together some wins, and then lost some kind of tough games. But if I'm a Tigers fan, hey, just that's why they play the games, right? Nothing's, nothing's going to be won on paper. Let's line it up. Let's try and get this first W and then worry about Houston in the second round. Well, that has done it for the ACC. That's all the matchups that we have just previewed. We have broken down their regions and uh, what, what to expect for their potential early matchups. But now we're going to get Jonathan Warner on from makingthemadness.com to give his take on the overall bracket. Jason, you ready? Let's do it. So we are now joined by Jonathan Warner from makingthemadness.com. Jonathan, brackets out. What are your thoughts? Uh, I have a lot of thoughts for starters. Um, yeah, I think they got, for the most part, pretty much it all right. There were there were some complaints from like the seven to the nine seeds, but I think for the most part, the committee did a pretty good job seeding the teams. And yeah, I think we we have an interesting tournament. Uh, I would say like four different kind of brackets uh, inside the NCAA tournament. So I think each region for different reasons is going to be really entertaining to watch. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this NCAA tournament and boy, do we need it two two years since the last one. It comes yeah, soon amen enough. To that. Amen to that, Jonathan. Listen, give us a couple of trendy upset picks. Some, maybe some that we're, you know, not really familiar with. Some that could really help us win those office pools or those bracket challenges. Um, a couple I kind of look at uh, from the five twelve, always trendy five twelve. I think Georgetown beating Colorado is one, and then UC Santa Barbara against Creighton's another. Uh, with UC Santa Barbara, they're a really talented team. They have a guard, Jacory McLaughlin, who's a mid-major superstar. Uh, so they, they can give fits to a Creighton team that, you know, has kind of been going through some off-the-court issues, uh, just got stomped by Georgetown in the Big East title game. So, yeah, I think UC Santa Barbara is one I really like. Uh, obviously, the other one, uh, Georgetown against Colorado. Colorado, you know, I think was a bit high being a five seed. Uh, and they're a team that's also lost – some very questionable games already this year. Uh, Cal and uh, Washington being the two kind of questionable losses this year. Uh, and then I guess another upset I like is Ohio against Virginia. I'm one, we don't know what, you know, Virginia will look like, uh, whether they'll, they'll even be there. Uh, it was announced today they'll fly in probably the Friday before the NCAA tournament, but you know, we, we just don't know with Virginia. So I, I think that's one that, you know, could be an upset pick, whether Virginia has their whole team there. Maybe they're missing a few players. Uh, who necessarily knows? But you know, I think that could be a trendy upset pick. I'm glad you mentioned Georgetown and Colorado because I think that's the most trendy one 
Georgetown, especially coming out of nowhere, upset Villanova, winning the Big East tournament, and Colorado. I think they're pretty solid, but five twelve is always notorious. There's always at least one upset that comes there, if not two. I wanted to ask you about mine, or a couple of mine. I'll start with one of them, which is Abilene Christian in Texas. So that's my trendy upset pick. I think Abilene has been called the mid-major Florida State with the way they run such a deep roster. They play really good defense, and I'm not a huge fan of Texas as a team that could make a run, but what are your thoughts on this Abilene Christian versus Texas matchup? Yeah, I think a big part is what Texas shows up because if the good version of Texas shows up, Texas can overwhelm Abilene Christian athletically uh, and, you know, win the game pretty handily. But, you know, we've seen at times this year with this Texas team and, you know, I kind of get 2015 Iowa State vibes when I see this Texas team. Like, they won the Big 12. They go on a nice run, uh, which I guess they only won two games in the Big 12 tournament. So, you know, bit of a Mickey Mouse Big 12 championship. But, you know, in terms of Texas, like, they win the Big 12 championship. They're riding high. And then you got to play a scrappy 14 seed. And those are always t- tough matchups. Uh, so I, I think that's one that I could definitely see happening if, you know, I were going to pick, if you're telling me 114 is going to beat a three seed, I think it's going to be that matchup right there. The other one I wanted to ask you about was Ohio State and Oral Roberts because they're, I wouldn't pick it to be honest because I think Ohio State's a fantastic team and it's a two versus 15. It's a very, very risky upset pick, but Oral Roberts has one of the leading scorers. He might be the leading scorer. I'm not exactly positive on this fact, but Max Abmas from Oral Roberts. Is it possible that we see a 15 over two this year and this one in specific? I think if it, if we are going to see it, it's going to be this matchup. Uh, yeah. I, I would say that's probably the, it's the most likely 15 over two uh, with Max Abmas uh, on the team. Ohio state's not necessarily like their team. They're really good offensively, but you know, teams can have cold shooting nights. They're not really going to overwhelm you athletically. Uh, their biggest player is EJ Delidell, and I think he's six seven. So, like, that's a matchup. It Ohio State's kind of like, in terms of size, built like a pesky mid major. Uh, so, you know, I would say Ohio State should win the game. I will pick them to win the game. But if if you tell me right now there's going to be a fifteen over two, I think this is the matchup I would key in on. I still think whether or not I think it'll be a close game because Oral Roberts can at least keep up scoring wise. I would still again, pick Ohio state, but uh, I would like to see what the lines are. Cause I, I'd, I'd say, you know, if the spreads like 14 or 15, I might put uh, something on Oral Roberts to cover the spread. Jonathan, let me ask you this at the top of the, the top four seeds, and even the, down to the two line, maybe, and, you know, maybe a little bit of it is, you know, we didn't have a tournament last year, but I feel like it's one of the most competitive um, top tier 
uh, brackets that we've had in a while, if you had to pick one number one seed, or you could go even go as low as two, but we're definitely going to win it all. You had to bet your life that they were going to win it all. Who would you pick? I, I pick Gonzaga. One, I think the road to the final four is really favorable for them. Uh, Oklahoma against Missouri in the second round. Uh, we're just assuming they'll beat the 16 seed. But Oklahoma, Missouri second round isn't really a cupcake. Uh, or is a, it's a pretty much a cupcake. Uh, if it is Virginia, I think Virginia is the best team they could possibly face in the Sweet 16. They've already played Virginia and beat them by like 30. Uh, and then, you know, Kansas, Iowa, again, they played those two teams and they won each of those games pretty handily. So I, I think in terms of the road to the championship, Gonzaga has a pretty easy path. So I, I would say Gonzaga is probably the pick. All right, last thing, very early Final Four pick. So I'd imagine Gonzaga is the first team in your final four. What about the other three? Uh, I'm going to go chalk with three. And then uh, just because I kind of like their bracket setup, uh, I'm going to go Florida State. And then I'll go Illinois, Baylor, Gonzaga. So Florida State along with the three other one seeds. Love that. ACC podcast, we love to hear it, but – before you go, is there anything you want to plug on your website or anything that you're doing around here? Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll be uh, putting some content out on makingthemadness.com uh, with the Making the Madness podcast. So I guess after you listen to this one, go ahead and listen to that one. We'll be coming out with uh, we'll we'll come out with like a tournament and then we'll do like an each region bracket preview. So. Uh, stay tuned there for some content but yeah best time of the year march madness is here yeah thank you very much for coming on jonathan and have a good night and enjoy your march madness appreciate it jonathan so thanks once again to jonathan provided some good insight for us in the a whole scheme of the bracket one thing that i obviously glared out to me was his final four pick of Florida State. I mean, do you think it could happen, Jason? Well, remember when we had Austin on from Noel Game Day, and I asked him about Leonard Hamilton not getting the recognition that he deserves, and he said, you know, very bluntly that he needed to make that final four run, and that would probably put him over the top and get him the Hall of Fame. Hey, who knows? Maybe it's this year. I'm not sure about a final four run. I think they have to – get certain matchups that I really like. And I haven't looked into really much past their potential sweet 16 matchups, but when it comes to the sweet 16, I think Florida state is the sure handed team, at least as sure handed as we're going to get that they're going to make it. Um, I would guess that we have two in total. So Florida state would be my first guess. I think UVA Virginia tech are probably that second tier in terms of most likely just in terms of the draw that they got but maybe a one or a two will go down early and if so it'll probably be in the hands of an ACC team so I think if you add up all those probabilities with UVA Virginia Tech UNC Georgia Tech um etc I think that we could get a second team this week 16 I would not count on three though 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of tough matchups. I think we've we've already kind of taken a look see at the lines, and most of the lines are one or two point games. So it's not like we're coming out. I mean, outside of UVA and Florida State, it's not like we're coming out favored by 16 or 20 points or something. Exactly. Everything is very close, actually, if we look at our Friday spread. So remember that the tournament games will start Friday instead of Thursday this year. Thursday will actually be the first the first um, four. So the playing games will take place all on Thursday. And then it'll be Friday through Monday, the first two rounds. So let's take a look at our Friday spreads. Like you just said, they're all very close. We have UNC minus two, Virginia Tech plus one, Georgia Tech plus two and a half, Syracuse plus two and a half or three, depending on what book you're looking at, and Clemson plus one. So pipe lock for Friday. What are we looking at? Well, you know, like we mentioned, no, no real wiggle room for any of these spreads. I was tempted to go with North Carolina, favored slightly over Wisconsin, let them get their revenge from 2015 when the number one Badgers knocked out the fourth-seeded Tar Heels. But I think I'm going to stick with the Hokies. We mentioned them earlier, how they, you know, we, they match up well against Florida. So my pipe lock for Friday is going to be VPI plus one. Give me Clemson plus one against Rutgers. I, like I just said, I, or a while back at this point, I think Clemson has the upper hand here. They're one point underdogs, but Rutgers is one of those big 10 teams. Like I said, they don't necessarily scare me. And Clemson did very well at a conference. Who would they be in the big 10? Was it Purdue? It was Maryland. So. They, they beat Maryland pretty sure-handedly, actually, if I remember correctly. So I think Clemson has the potential to make it to a Sweet 16, but it starts with, obviously, the much easier matchup, and that will be the first round against Rutgers. That's our pipe locks. Um, that Our bracket is set, and I'm very much looking forward to the start of the games. Um, we will have... We will return to the fast break episodes come Friday and through March Madness. We'll do one each night before and after the games. But until then, hope you enjoyed listening, and we'll see you next time on the Pipeline ACC podcast.